You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, how to stop being aimlessly broke and create a money management system that works with Melody Wright. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. If you weren't aware, you're now a journeyer. My OG journeyers who've been listening know this, but a journeyer means you are now on the path with me and many others to launch to financial independence and freedom. But get this, we are not waiting until we reach ultimate financial independence to enjoy our lives and to live it up and to have freedoms and options and opportunities. We're doing that right now. So by you listening, by you being a journeyer right now, you are well on your way. So congrats to you. All right. So today I'm having a wonderful conversation with Melody Wright. Melody is the voice, the woman behind the brand Live Broke on Purpose. She also wrote a book called Start Here, Your Guide to Building Your Money Management System. And we are going to dive into Melody's personal money story. So Melody was able to pay off, get this, $100,000 of debt in less than three years. She also has what I think is an amazing background. She is a trained PhD scientist. So she left the bench behind to become a financial empowerment coach, a certified financial education instructor, speaker, and personal finance author. So we're going to talk about what she did to get out of debt and then how she uses her skills from being trained as a scientist into money management. So this is going to be a lot of practical, practical tools for you to get to your money goals. And then, you know, I always, when I talk to fellow people in the personal finance space, I always just like to pick their brain, I guess is for lack of a better word at the moment, in terms of just kind of talking through about how they feel their business is going. I mean, I love talking business with people. So you'll get to hear that part of the conversation too. Journey to Launch is supported by First Republic Bank. Does your bank really understand you and what you need? It might be time to discover the difference personalized banking can make by switching to First Republic Bank. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. My personal banker is Linda. I also love that I can access my account and do all my banking services from the comfort of my home using their amazing app on my phone. I can make mobile deposits, check my balance, make transfers, and even contact customer service right from the app. Your personal banker will know you by name and will be by your side to help you understand and reach your goals. Just like Linda, my personal banker at First Republic did for me. Your dedicated First Republic banker can design solutions that support both your personal and business needs at any stage, from finding the right loan to refinancing debt to buying a home. You can always call or contact your dedicated banker directly from First Republic's mobile app for anything that comes up along the way. Learn more today at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. 
Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Hey, journeyers. So I am excited to have Melody Wright in the rocket chair to help us blast, blast. I hate, it's funny. I start talking in the introductions and I didn't add the rocket in. I'm like, we're blasting to financial freedom, but no, we are like, cause Melody knows her stuff. And so she is going to help us figure out our financial systems. Um, I know a lot of uh, guy times we talk about like, you know, reaching these big goals and, you know, becoming financially just in tune with everything so we can reach our goals. But how do we do that, right? There's these things that have to happen in our day-to-day life, our money management systems that have to occur. So Melody is an expert on that. And so I'm really excited to talk to you, Melody. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be speaking with you today. Um, I have been wanting to be in the rocket seat for a while. So (laughs) the rocket chair. I'm glad that I am the rocket chair. So I'm glad I have my chance. Thank you so much. Okay. So what I really love about, I love just about anyone's story when like I look at their background and it's like so traditional and like, so you have a PhD, first of all, a PhD in science. And I love hearing how you pivoted from like a PhD in science to becoming, you know, a financial educator. Like how did that occur? So what made you switch your career? Yeah, so I, I've always had this like love for finances. It was it's like weird. Like I've always like wanted to know more about money, how to use money, and so I, I would constantly be reading books on my own just to kind of get some general knowledge. But I never really put that information into practice. So it wasn't until about 2015 when I was actually doing my PhD where my advisor at the time he came to me and was like, "Yeah, so you're going to be graduating in December," and I'm like, "Really?" Cause I've only been here about three years and this is like a six and a half year program. Like how, like, how am I going to be graduating in December? So when he told me that I was like, okay, this is fine. Since I'm a planner, I was like, let me go sit down and look at the finances and figure out like what we need to do, what we need to save just in case I do graduate at the end of the year. And I don't have a job yet. And this was back in, this was in March, March, 2015. And so when I sat down and actually looked at the numbers, I was in shock because that's when I realized that we had $212,000 of debt and it didn't even include our mortgage. So it was like one of those moments where you're like, you keep like recalculating and recalculating and refreshing because you're just like, is that the correct number? So I was in denial. I was anxious. I was upset. It was like this whole like seven stages of grief, but like involving your finances. And at that time I realized, okay, like if you're going to be graduating at the end of the year, you got to get your stuff together. And so I just tried to figure out what to do. And I just said, okay, I'm just going to stop eating out, stop spending money. Just, you know, the normal thing that somebody would come up with to try to pay off this debt. Because at first I went and I tried to get a loan from the bank. I was like, if the bank could give me a loan, I can consolidate a lot of this debt and I can make the payments a little bit more manageable so that we could pay off stuff faster. Well, the bank turned me down. They wanted nothing to do with me. And with that much debt, I can completely understand. Like I wouldn't want nothing to do with me either. So they turned me down and said, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just do the easiest thing. And I'll just like not buy, go out to eat and just not spend money. And in that first month, we were able to pay off around like twenty five dollars to $2,300 of our debt. And I was like, oh, wow, 
wow, this actually works. And so I just kept doing different things that would just help push us along. Um, so I did the snowball, which a lot of people start with. And then I started utilizing different types of repayment systems, like different ways to like kind of finagle the systems to make them work for me. And so by the end of three years, a little bit before three years, we were able to pay off over $100,000 of our debt. Um, and so that was huge for us. And it really came down to coming up with a system that worked for our family and then just putting it in place and just being consistent with it. Okay. So I want to back up because you talked about you were in school. You thought you had how many years left? I thought I had. So I was, I think I was in year three. So I should have had three and a half years left, which I ended up having three and a half years left. I didn't even graduate at the end of the year. I'm just so curious now. How did your professor come to you and say you may graduate? I don't understand that, how that works. I, I don't understand that either. Like, that's why when he told me that, I was just like, what? Like you were on the fast track, like there's another. Right. Track. Okay. So, I mean, I guess he figured that my project had, had was going along so well that he was like, oh, you're just going to be done like really quickly. And I guess I'm like, I'm the one doing the work. So I'm telling you now that this ain't happening in December. So when you first were, and I'm going back to this because I think all this also leads to, you know, you're an entrepreneur now, you're doing this full time. And so I feel like this always leads back to, you know, we think we're doing something, we're going to school and we're all in, you're spending a lot of money to do this thing. And so what were you planning to do with that degree once you graduated? What was your thought at that time? So my plans for getting a degree, so I was going to get the PhD and I was going to go work in industry where the real money was. So I know the usual line is that you finish a PhD, you go do a postdoc. Well, I was like, I'm tired of making pennies. I'm not going to make more pennies, you know, for another three or four years. So I was going to go straight into industry because I came into my PhD from working in industry. So I wanted to go back into industry where I knew I could make, uh, you know, a pretty good salary and then just live my life. I think that was my uh, desired trajectory at that time. And so when I really started to make changes with my finances and I saw things were working and I started to talk about it and realize that this was information that people wanted. And not only that, this was information that people needed. I knew that this is really where my path lied in educating people on how to make better choices with their finances. And not only that, but doing it in a systemized way. Right. So when did you decide uh, you wanted to, because your brand is called Broke on Purpose. That's the name of your company and everything you do. So when did you decide that you were going to take that like more seriously? Because I find too, right. And I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast, a lot of them are interested in the personal finance space. Like, you know, they're drawn to it because they're trying to better themselves. Like kind of like I was, how you were, but then they're like, wait a second, this, I can do something to help others. Right. So at what point did you say, all right, I'm going to switch and pivot and pursue personal finance because, you know, on the face, it doesn't seem like you could earn a lot of money doing that. Like you could have just went and used your PhD and, you know, got your six figures. So what made you decide that this was going to be more worth your path? That's a really good question. And I will be honest with you. So I started Broke on Purpose and it was kind of like a side thing that I was just doing while I was finishing the PhD. Like I was doing a little coaching here and there, but not as seriously as I do now. Um, I was talking a lot about it on social media, but it wasn't like a true, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do until about 2018. So in 2018, this is when Michelle Obama's book Becoming had come out. And I was in the car and I was listening to it on Audible. And she said something that just really blew my mind. And it was, she was talking about how she was a lawyer and how she didn't like it, how she wanted to do something different. And her mom was like, I understand that, but make the money now and then do something different later. And she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I, I want to do something different. And she said, you have the power 
to change your mind. And literally I was like, whoa, I can change my mind. You mean I don't have to do any of this science stuff? And it, it was at that point that I, I gave myself permission to say, you know what? I'm just going to step out on faith because I wanted to do it so bad, but I didn't want people to be like, well, you just went and had a whole PhD for six and a half years. Like what? You're wasting your time. You're, you just wasted six and a half years of your life. You got all this student loan debt. Like I was worried about what everybody else was going to say. And I was listening to everybody else's like comments or opinions. And I wasn't being true to what was in my heart. And so when I heard her say that, I said, okay. I'm just going to do it. And so when we moved, we moved from Philadelphia to South Carolina and I just didn't work for a job. I just said, I'm just going to do this full time because my dad was like, so how's the job hunting going? I was like, ah, about that. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's been a good ride so far. It's been a hard ride, but it's been a good ride. And that's what really made me change my mind was just hearing somebody tell me that you have permission to do so. Right. And isn't it interesting? Because I, I think so many people are faced with that, like depending on your personality too. Like I'm the kind of person when I say I'm going to do something, I want to do it. And like I want to be committed. And it's, a lot of people are like that. And especially if you put time and money into something. So to feel like, you know, you're turning around and changing and what people's expectations are, what you should be and do. Like, I think so many people are stuck living lives that they don't want to live, but they don't know how to get out of it. So I just think this is an interesting conversation um, to hopefully help people not that you need our permission, but give yourself the, your own permission yeah. to, to do what you want. So you moved, um, you said to South Carolina? Yes, to South Carolina. This is where I'm originally, I'm originally from South Carolina. So I just really wanted to be closer to family. So we moved here. Yeah. Okay. And you say we, so I know you don't really talk much about like your spouse within your like stuff, but um, we'll keep that private. But I also feel like having a partner and making a decision like that, was he on board with this pivot, like changing? <laughs> And you know what's crazy? He's always been on board with it. Like when I would talk about it, he's always been on board with it. But I think I was the resistance. I was the one like, yeah, maybe, but now we got like, let me just go make some money. Let me just go try to do this. Let me see how I do in this. Because once I graduated from my PhD, I actually landed a really great position that like nobody who just gets out of a PhD lands. Like I landed an amazing position. Um, and so that was why I was like, I just need to like, see how this works. Unfortunately, that role was not a good fit for me and my personality. Um, and so I ended up working in another position that was still a pretty good position. Um, but I was still like, I want to make this work. I want to see if I can do both when really my heart was just in, I really want to help people manage their money. Like that's where I got my joy from seeing people say, look what I was able to do because you helped me do this. I was able to achieve all of this. Like, okay, great. I discovered a new protein that might cure malaria, but like I just helped somebody <laughs> pay off their debt. This was bigger for me. So um so he's all he's he's always been super supportive. He shows up a little bit here and there on broken purpose. I think now more so I'm just kind of like he's in the background. But in the past, he shows up a lot, but he's always just like, just do it. See what happens. Like, that's, and I'm like, okay. that's amazing to have a, um, a supportive partner in that way. So I'm assuming that helped with it. So you just talked about paying off over a hundred thousand dollars of debt in three years. Yeah. And with that, you talked about just being more just aware, right? So, so can you talk through some of the things you actually did? Cause I know part of your brand like broke on purpose. You're not like promoting, like really being broke. You're just saying like, and I want you to like get into that and like what it really means and how you use that in terms of paying off debt. Yeah. So first, let me start off with what broke on purpose means. Some people read that and they're like, why is she calling herself broke? Like, why would she even like, I know that's like the first thing that pops in people's head, but some people are like, oh, that's so clever. I like, I automatically get it. And so here's the thing. When we say we're broke, 
it's usually because of a situation that we put ourselves in with the, with our finances. It's usually because we haven't just handled our money well. We never give ourselves permission to be broke. We never say, go out there, be broke. But it always happens to us. We always find ourselves in a, in a scenario where our money just does not look the way we want it to look. And so we call ourselves broke. So if I was going to be broke, I wanted to be on my terms instead of like like life dictating that for me. So for me, being broke and not having extra money means that my money has now been invested in a Roth IRA or it's in my 401k. My money is in stocks. I have a you know a fully funded emergency fund. I have fully funded sinking funds that I'm saving for, that I have a budget that's aligned with my values and my beliefs and my goals. So if I don't have any extra money left, like that's why it's because I am doing stuff on purpose with my money instead of just being like, where did all my money go? Because if you don't know where your money goes, you're aimlessly broke. You're not broke on purpose. You're just aimlessly broke. You're broke for no reason. And I did not want to be broke for no reason. And so that's why I call the brand broke on purpose. I love that. Like, let's not just, I mean, if we're going to be broke, let's do it (laughs) with intention. (laughs) (laughs) So you also talk about your money management system. Like that's kind of what you use to get out of debt, what you teach people now. Can you explain what that is and what encompasses that? The money management system is basically a a framework or it's a tool that I use with my clients that allows them to look at their finances as one whole instead of several different moving pieces. And so they know how their money is coming into their system. They know how the money is being assigned different purposes, roles, or jobs within the system. And they know as that money flows through the system, how it's defining out or filling out their living, how it's defining or filling out their savings, as well as their debt. So the money management system does all that for them. It lets them see how the money's coming in, how it's being assigned, and how it's fulfilling the roles in their living station, their saving station, or their debt station. And that's typically what the money management system does. It really just gives them an easy way to look at how their money is coming in, how it's being used, and what it's doing for them. And so it removes that level of overwhelm or that feeling of anxiousness that somebody would have if they had to go over here and look at savings. Now I got to go over here and look at debt. Now I got to go over here and look at my budget. And they're trying to put all these different moving pieces together that just aren't fitting. Do you have an example of like an action, a financial action and how that would be like put through the lens of this money management system, like how it all fits together? Yeah. So, so let's think about it as a, um, like, say, you know how like in the factories where the car factories where they're building the car, and the car comes down the conveyor belt and at one station this happens and then it goes to the next station and this happens. And so it's kind of like that. So let's say that you get paid and your money comes into your system. So now the money flows into the system and it goes into your budget or your spending plan. When it's in the budget or the spending plan, it's going to get assigned its role, its job or its purpose. You're telling your money where it needs to go. So let's say that we're filling out our saving, our living station. So the money in the, um, will get assigned a role in your budget or your spending plan. It'll flow down into your living station. And here the living station is broken up into two places. It's broken up into your essentials or your non-essentials. So the money is either going to flow to the essentials or it's going to flow to the non-essentials. And that's basically how it's going to work with each of the stations. So with savings, it's going to go to retirement savings or non-retirement savings. As it flows to the debt, it's going to go to how you set up your debt repayment strategy for paying off your debt. So you know how your money is coming in and where it's going. And so if there is a hiccup somewhere, you can easily say, okay, where was the error? Did I pay too much on a bill over here? Did I spend too much on my hair and nails? And that's why this system on this side over here is messed up. So it allows you to be able to find the problem and be able to fix it easily instead of worrying about where do I need to go? What do I need to do? And I could tell like your scientist brain came up with that. <laughs> 
<laughs> like that is so um such an organized way to think about like you know inflow and outflow of money. So um and you know that also leads me to you know we talked a little bit about you pivoting and you spent um, a lot of money and time like on that education and it's not like <laughs> <laughs> but you're able to like it's not all it's not this was the reason you did that so you now have a like a basis of how you now teach about money which is different you know from other people because you have that experience mm-hmm. right yeah. And so I call those silent assets. When you have pivoted from something that you were, went to school to do and you're just like, okay, I'm not actively using my skills to be at the bench to do these experiments, but I've still learned how to critically think. I've still learned how to plan an experiment. I know how to problem solve. Like, so I can use all that in my financial coaching. And so you're exactly right. The money management system came from a need of there being a protocol for how you were going to use your money. And if you have a protocol um, when you're in science, if you're doing an experiment, you can easily say, where did I mess up? And look at the different steps to figure out where that mistake came from. If you're just handling your finances by just doing a little bit of debt here, doing a little bit of savings here, you're not going to know where that mistake came into play. But if you're using a money management system or even a systemized tool for your finances, you can easily look back at the different steps because, you know, it first starts with your income coming in. It then goes into your budget or spending plan. And then you next know, based on the goals or your values that you set, how your living station needs to be set up or your saving station needs to be set up. So if there's a mistake that has been introduced, you can easily figure out where it came from. So it is very systemized, very organized, because with a lot of people, they're the main reason why they have trouble with their finances is just because they're disorganized. They just don't have things together. And so it just really helps them with that to relieve them of that overwhelm and just create more organization in their financial life. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up, the organization part, because, you know, so many people want to jump into the work, which is, you know, in terms of they want to make more, they want to spend less, like they want the outcome of that. But there's a lot of that goes behind the scenes to be able to do that, especially if you haven't tackled this, you're not comfortable with this at all yet. It's new for you because the systems will really help. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think for a lot of my coaching clients, I let them know, we're not going to just jump right in and look at the numbers. Like there's a lot of work that we need to do on the back end before we even start to build out the system so that we can make sure the system is giving you that output that you want. So the input is important for the output. So if you're just putting anything in, you're not going to get your desired output. So you have to ask yourself, what do I want my car to look like once it comes off this assembly line? So if you're just throwing random pieces here and there and you really don't have an idea that car is going to look like a hot mess when it comes off the assembly line. If the same thing is going to happen with your finances, if you don't know what you want, if you haven't set smart financial goals, if you don't know what your values are in terms of what you, how you want to live your life, then that output of your financial of the money management system is going to look like a hot mess because you haven't defined what it really needs to look like. Right. Now, in terms of like actual maybe apps or tools that people should have in their toolbox, um, you know, I have some I use, I'm sure you have some you use, but like, what are the types of things or components that they're needing to start? Like, what are the actual, what's apparatus? That's what you scientists will call it, apparatus (laughs) (laughs) that you would need to start with your money management system. So I think with the money management system, it's really going to first come out to just figuring out again, what it is that you want. And you can do this all all on paper. Like you don't have to like get any fancy apps or anything else, anything like that, but figuring out what you want your, your output to be in terms of like what you want your life to be like once you get your finances together and then creating that budget. So we, you know, we as financial people, we talk about budgets all the time because it's really that number one financial tool that everybody needs. 
And so really getting that budget together. And here's where you can start to use like the different budgeting apps that you want. But for me personally, I tell people, I like to tell people, let's start on paper because on paper is when we really can see everything laid out. We can see how we have things categorized and different things like that instead of having to rely on an app to do it for us. So I think the first thing that you want to do is really come up with, again, your values. What do you want your life to be able to give you? Do you want freedom? Do you want security? Do you want to be able to reach back down and help others? What are your goals? Are you trying to pay off something by a certain time or date, save money by a certain time or date, buy a certain number of houses? And then make sure that your budget is aligned with your goals and your values so that the output is going to give you what that looks like because your budget is telling the money where it needs to go. So if you're saying, I want to buy a house at the end of the year, but you're not saving any money because it's in your non-essential savings department, then, you know, there's a disconnect there. So I think those are the, the three top things, your values, your goals, and then having that budget together. Those are the three top things that are really going to help you get started. And what about, you know, I hear people, you know, right now saying, but Melody, I want to do all the things you just said. I want to get back. I want to buy the house, the car, and I want to retire. <laughs> so organization and prioritizing your goals are important too, right? Yeah, that's very important. Um, and then it would just come down to what's most important for you at this particular time in life. You know, because we change every single day. Something might happen in the world that we're like, oh, like this is important to us now. Like we have to do this. But it, and you can do you can do it all. Um, I'm not somebody that says, don't do this. Like you need to cold turkey, not do this while you're funding this. You can do everything, but it just really depends on how quickly you want those things to be able to happen. So if you're really trying to pay off debt, but you also want to save and give back, then the priority needs to be where a majority of your excess money needs to go towards paying off the debt, but then you still have certain percentages that you allot to being to allow you to be able to give back and to be able to save money. So that's kind of how that works. You need to ask yourself, what's important to me right now at this particular time in my life? And how long is this going to be important to me so that you can set that goal of when that needs to be fully funded? Yeah, I'm glad that you're talking about this kind of approach of being able to do multiple things. And yes, there are some people who will say, just focus on that one thing, you'll get to that faster, which I agree with. But for some people, they want to, you know, even if it's a dollar, and I like the percentage, um, because with the percentage, you know, that can grow over time as you get better with your income or get better optimized with expenses. That if you're like, you know, maybe month one, two, three, four, five, it's only the 1% of the pie is small because it's not a big pie. But as you get more money, that 1%, if you just keep it constant, so you're not going back and forth, the percentage wise, the pie gets bigger. That 1% means more. Like maybe it means $100 now in another month because the pie is bigger. Exactly. And then, of course, once you reach that first goal, if you fully fund it or, you know, do what you need to do, you can decrease the percentage there and increase the percentage in the other ones that you are working on. So that's why I like working with percentages instead of dollar amounts, because a lot of people get so caught up in like, I need to have this certain amount. No, just just do a percent, you know, and, and it gives you more freedom to be able to breathe and not feel so confined by a specific dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So for you personally now, where are you with your financial freedom journey? So I know you paid off a ton of debt, but like, where are you right now in terms of becoming debt free? And then the next stages after that. So one of the things that we did after we paid off that huge amount of debt, I was, I, I was telling anybody, I was exhausted. I was worn out mentally, emotionally, like, because it took so much for us to be, to be able to achieve that. It wasn't just like, we were like at these high earning jobs and we were able to pay off all this debt. Like I had just graduated from my PhD program maybe a couple of months before that happened. So I was still on a student salary while this was happening. 
And at the same time, I had a side hustle. I was a, um, I was an influence, a lifestyle influencer. So I had a blog and I still, still, still up. I don't ever write on it. What's the name? What was the name of it? So (laughs) (laughs) it was called, it was called being melody. And it was just a lifestyle blog where I talked about like beauty, like household, like recipes and all the stuff like that. And so like most influencers, I collaborated with brands and things like that. And I was able to have more income coming in from that. I even had a YouTube channel, y'all. So, <laughs> so I was able to make a lot of my extra money that way. But when that money came in, it went strictly to the debt. Like there was really nothing left for my husband and I to be able to enjoy it. We didn't take vacations. Like we didn't go out to eat. Like our idea of going out to eat was like getting a pizza and being able to enjoy that like on a Friday night. So we deprived ourselves of so much that I was at a point where like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I cannot do this and be expected to continue to, you know, stay on this track. And so we decided to pivot. And in that pivot, it was just like, okay, we're still going to be responsible about paying off our debt, paying off our student loans, saving, investing, and things like that. But we are going to allow ourselves to be able to go on vacation. We are going to allow ourselves to be able to enjoy life, like buy some new clothes, you know, anything like that. Like even the whole like my Tachi trip that, you know, you and I both, we we both went to like, if I would have been on that same path where I was like gung-ho, like gotta pay off debt, gotta pay off debt. I never would have went there because my whole mindset would have been like, oh, I have to pay off debt, not go here. Because when I think about how much we paid to go there, I was like, I could have fully funded my Roth. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> you know, you think about it. And so, but I didn't feel guilty because I was like, this is something that I gave myself permission to do. I'm still hitting all my financial goals because I, we changed what our goals were. So I'm still hitting all my financial goals. And so you just have to give yourself, again, permission to make that pivot. And for us right now, we only have, we have maybe around $70,000 of student loan debt left over. Right now we are working on saving up money so we can pay cash for a new car. We're making sure we fund our Roth IRAs. So for our debt payoff, has um, really slowed down because we're making sure that we're taking care of other things in our life. Like we just bought a new home. So we want to make sure that home emergency fund is fully funded. Cause you know, when you're a homeowner, when stuff happens, it's not cheap. So we're just making sure that we're covered in all these different areas. And I still want to be debt-free that debt is still uh, debt-free besides the mortgage. Um, that is still definitely one of my goals. And I think it probably will happen within the next two to three years, but I don't, I don't feel like I'm as in a rush as I was before because my priorities changed, my perspective has changed. And I'm just like, we only get this one life and the pandemic has showed us anything. You got to live it. You have got to live it. And it's so important that we talk about this because this like living outside of the spreadsheet, living outside of just the numbers and experiencing life. And, you know, there's a balance to it because then someone could take this and be like, oh, they said to live life. Like, let's go, you know? (laughs) But, you know, I truly believe like in a balanced approach and that's going to look different for everybody. And it just depending on who you're with, if you're by yourself, your responsibilities. But I think this is actually for people listening who are in debt payoff stage. And I think, too, like you got out of probably maybe the worst quote unquote unquote of it. Right. Where now it's manageable for you and you're making a personal decision to like kind of, okay, I still have this debt, but I'm going to live life, too. And I feel like I made like the decision in my life when it was more about, okay, can I stay in this job and keep earning a lot of money? Or can I just chill? And well, it's not really chilling, you know, running a business is not really <laughs> chilling, but the also, exact opposite. right. Have more time, at least, you know, more freedom. 
And so I think this is really key for a lot of people because yes, maybe in the beginning, you're really excited and you're going to go gung ho. And if you're following like people like Dave Ramsey, you know, he's like all in or nothing. And I feel like that can work depending on if you need to be all in and that's your personality. But once you get, and this is the thing, once you have the systems in place, like Melody is talking about and um, the community or just you're in the flow, you can begin to make these kind of decisions where it's just like, you know what? I could put an extra hundred or $500 towards this investment, or I could really enjoy time doing this thing I really want to do. Yeah. And I think once you get to that space, and for a lot of people who, even if you're just starting, like they, they feel burnt out in the beginning because when you go on, go start on a financial journey, for a lot of people, it's like a, a huge shift, a mindset shift, a behavior shift. Like it's a huge shift. And for a lot of people, they're like, I don't know if I can keep this up. I don't know if I can do it because they tend to put themselves in these situations where they're creating unrealistic budgets or they're creating unlivable budgets where they say, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to only spend a hundred dollars on groceries for a family of four. And okay. You know, that's not realistic. You're not going to do it. Or they say, I'm going to go on a no buy. And we all know when you, when you do a no buy, what happens when you come off the no buy, like you make up for lost time and you're buying like everything that you didn't buy when you were on the no buy. So I really try to tell people like to make sure there is balance when they create their budgets, make sure there are balances when you create your goals. Like I had a client who said, oh, I like to stop and get breakfast every day on the way to work, but now I'm not going to do that anymore. And I'm like, well, why? You're human. If that brings you joy, if you enjoy stopping to get breakfast, don't cut it out cold turkey. Like just say, okay, I'll do it two times instead of five times a week, because now you're still allowing yourself to have that one thing that gives you pleasure while still being able to reach the goals that you set. So for me in the beginning, when I first started, there was no balance. It was either pay off debt or, or not do anything at all. There was no balance. And like I said, it's not sustainable. It's not realistic unless you're just like, I have got to get this paid off. and I'm just going to go all in. Uh, and that's what my mindset was. I was just like, you know, I was probably one of those people like, don't buy coffee, you know, unless you have money set aside for it. But now I'm just like, that coffee is not going to make or break you unless you're buying like a $50 coffee every day. Then we might have to have a conversation. Right. But, <laughs> but that, you know, that $3, $5 coffee, you know, if you're buying it and you're still able to meet your other financial goals, great. Like live that life of balance because once you are true to yourself and what you need to be able to stay on track and have, give you joy, then that's going to keep you on track even, you know, even further. And so I talk a lot about that in my book, Start Here, Your Guide to Building Your Money Management System, like how you can create that balance, what you need to do to recognize that you, you know, are on a journey and the different ways you can just stay on the journey. Right. Now, I'm glad you brought up your book. So start here. Um, where, so someone listening to this right now, maybe they're just first time listening to the podcast and or really wanting to start. What is the first thing you say that they should do? So in the book, Start Here, the first thing that you have to do is really check your mindset. Because a lot of times we'll hear these different podcasts or we'll read these articles or we'll see a show and we'll be like, man, I want to do that. But we don't really change anything about the way we think about money. We don't change anything about the way we handle money to really do the things that we said we wanted to do. So in the book, I talk a lot. I share a story about how I was sitting there watching. You know how Susie Orman would come on? I think it was CNBC like late at night on the Saturday. And she would be doing those money classes. And I'd be sitting there like, man, I, I wish I could. I wish we could be debt free. Like, I wish we could do this. I wish we could do that. But then I, my, I, I would never follow up with the action that would go with, you know, that desire. And so for a lot of people, it's really about changing your mindset. You have to start with changing your mindset. And then when you change your mindset, that's when you can start to build out your system. But if you aren't going to be about it, then there's no use in talking about it. Yeah. And oftentimes it just makes you feel more, you know, 
worse because that desire that we all have, if you, if you know it, and I think, you know, the seed is planted, you know, you're aware of all these, the finances and what it can do for your life when you have it together, that awareness, that creates a desire that you want, right? And, but there needs to be action. I think a lot of people beat themselves up because they want this thing, but they're not taking the action. So that gap, for whatever reason, why you're not doing it is important. Like you said, the mindset part, like doing the work to figure out, like, why is it that I want this thing? I desire it, but what is stopping me from doing it and figuring out the, what's stopping that action is important. Right. And I think that's where you and I come, we come into play because a lot of people, they say, okay, I want to do this, but I don't know how to make that leap to actually doing it. And so where we come in is when we give them the instructions, we give them the tools, we give them anything that they need to help them make that connection between the desire and actually being able to attain that goal. We help them implement that intention that they have to be able to be debt-free or achieve financial independence or just create a system so that they aren't, they don't feel so disorganized with their money so they can achieve their goals. And so if anybody's listening and they, they're saying, you know, I've been saying that I want to get my finances together for, I don't know how many years. And listen, Facebook reminds me every single year of like times where I've said, oh, this is going to be the year I'm going to get my Right. And then I'm like, you know, five months down the line, I'm just like, okay. And then there's another post that's just like, here I am spending all this money and doing all this stuff where I've fallen off. So if you feel like you're in that spot, like it's important to seek out help, right? Because we have to recognize that we're not meant to do everything on our own. We're not meant to do everything by ourselves. And that's why there are coaches. That's why there are programs um, in place that will help you get there. Because for a lot of times, these programs and coaches, what you really need is accountability, you might not need anything else but the accountability and knowing that somebody is there to help you along the way, it's going to be what's going to help you be successful. Yeah. Well, I, you just you keep, you keep bringing me to like the next question <laughs> I want to ask because <laughs> you're now talking about, you know, like providing people with the coaching or resources and, you know, we're both in the personal finance space and, you know, we have products or services to help people in this regard. And I want to know from you, like in your experience now, you know, that you, you know, you have your book which is a pretty like to me reasonable, like to buy, you know, a book, right? It's not like that much money comparing to like a program. You get so much information from a book, but how do you feel or how, what's been your experience with offering uh, and getting people to understand the value of your services? Because I think like in a personal finance space, when you talk about money management and like accountability, like that's what people need, but they don't want to necessarily pay for that. Cause they're just like, why? Oh <laughs> girl. Yes. <laughs> I think I was having this conversation with somebody like earlier this week um, where I was just like, we know that we're giving so much value and something that it's not going to be like this one time here, use it and then you don't ever need it again. Like these are lifetime tools and instructions that will help you like your family's family. Right. And so, and a lot of times people just don't want to pay for it. And I think the only reason why people don't want to pay for it is because, or they feel hesitant to pay for it. Let me say that they feel hesitant about paying for it is because what we offer isn't immediate gratification. We don't offer immediate gratification. And we live now in the social media world where it's like, you, you, you want people to like your posts. You want people to buy something immediately. You want people to be able to give you results. But when you're working on your finances, it's a journey. And that's why we call it a journey. It, it really is a journey from where you are to where you want to be. And you just can't show up at the finish line and then I'm mean, at the starting line and then blink and to be at the finish line. There is work to do. And with that work, we're investing in you. So you have to invest in yourself. And that's why it's not, this is how much it costs. It's an actual investment. So just like you invest in experiences, just like you invest in vacations, just like you invest in courses, 
that'll help you make a million dollars. If you invest in a financial literacy course, that financial literacy course can help you make a million dollars as well, but it's just going to go about it in a different way. And for me, when I'm talking to people, when I do discovery calls for a lot of times with my coaching, I do discovery calls because I want to make sure that I'm a good fit for you and you're going to be a good fit for me because you never want to have to fire a client, right? You never, right. never want to have to do that. <laughs> so um, I really try to understand what is really the why behind why somebody wants to work with me. Why What's the why behind them wanting to do financial coaching? And if I feel like it's not, if they're just like, I just, I just want a quick fix. I just need my money to work now. Then I'm just like, okay, well, you're not going to be a good fit for this because this is an investment of your time and an investment of your money. And I even did a poll, Jamila, just to find out why people don't, with, why, why are they hesitant why about buying stuff? Money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about me? No, but I even did a poll to find out like, what's the hesitation with working with a financial coach? And a lot of people feel like they can't afford it. A lot of people said that they'd rather spend their money on things that they could, again, experiences, things that they can see immediately. Um, and a lot of people felt like there was just too much free information out there. But even with that being said, when we offer the free information, they still don't really take advantage of it, you know? And we know that this is something that we need. We know that this is something that you can utilize for the rest of your life. We can teach you something and you can go on to teach your family, your kids, and they can teach their family and their kids because it's basic concepts that's not going to change. What's changing is the way that we are delivering the information. We're making it palatable for you to be able to say, oh, now I get it. Oh, that makes complete sense. Instead of reading a book that says XYZ, 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 and then bam. Because then you're like, right. well, how does that apply to me? We're helping it apply to you. We're coaching you along the way. And I think a lot of people, for them, it's going to take them doing soul searching, you know, and just realizing, you know what, I need to make an investment in myself if I want my future to look the way that I say I want it to look. I mean, one thing I can say is that, you know, we've put in the work, we've gotten the results. And if you want the same work and the results, then you got to make the investment. Yeah. And, you know, some people can start and do things on their own. and. And I would say like for the people though who have tried and I, I'd find that people who eventually do like maybe join Money Launch Club, which is a membership program and or like my course, like it's actually, well, especially the course because it's a higher investment. It's not like a quick decision for them. Like they've been on my list. Like you, like you said, they have already like tried it and it hasn't worked or they've like exhausted the options and they're like, okay, all right, fine. Like, you know, maybe I do need this. And so I just think it's really interesting, like where people land with this. And then I think for us as financial educators, you know, there are so many people with the beauty of this is that there are so many people in our space now, I feel like maybe because we're in that bubble, we know everybody that offer different types of things at different price points for free. I know a lot of people who offer like free programs. Some people offer very high, like ticketed, but you know, that's their investment. Right. And so I think there's a spectrum that you can like, you know, find someone that fits your needs and, or where you are and you can still get help. But I always love having this conversation with people in the personal finance space who are also making an income from their services or products, because I think also we have to be congruent with what we're telling our audience. I always talk about this now that I'm telling my audience to earn money and go out there, be fruitful and like be wealthy. Right. And as a company, like the way Journey to Launch makes money now is either through selling directly to my audience, useful products, not crap, like very useful, high quality things and or partnering with brands or companies. It's either you guys are going to pay me. Um, so, and you don't hear as many ads or I'm going to like have to partner with people to help keep this operation going. Right. Or both. Right. I do a combination of both, but I feel like we also should then 
I can't say I want you to like be wealthy, but then for me, I don't just think I deserve wealth and then undercharge and or devalue my own services. So I was, I've been, th- you know, toying around with that concept because I think in a personal finance space, it's interesting. Um, some of the rhetoric or just thought process with how people sell or what they're selling and some judgment behind it. And so I know we're going like in a different area and like topic, but I just thought it was interesting to bring up. Well, let me say this. Um, and so one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot since last year was how do I serve people who honestly can't afford my services, right? Because I know there are people out there who who need the financial coaching, who need the financial help, but they l- literally honestly can't afford the price point that I have for one-on-one coaching. And I totally get that. And so that's why I wrote the book, Start Here. You know, and a lot of times the questions that I'm getting from people is, I don't know where to start. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, how do I do this? And the answer is, we'll start here. If you start here, you'll be able to fix your money mindset. You'll be able to build out your money management system. And then you'll be able to plan out how you're going to live your life after that, you know, and so that book is really for beginners who are looking for, even if you're not a beginner, but if you're somebody who, who has been like dibbling in debt, you stick your toe in the water, but then you're like, oh, it's too cold. Like I'm not ready yet. Like, even if you're at that point, the book is a great starting point for you to be able to say, okay, I know that I want to do it. Let me change my mindset. Let me come up with a, a solution or a system to help me figure out how I want my money to work. And let me just try to see how that works for me. You know, and then from there, you can make the decision, okay, I liked it or I didn't like it. Let me try something else. But at least it's creating that foundation for you to be able to say, I have this in place and at least this is working for me. Now let me move on to the next thing. You know, it's kind of like with anything you hear, take what you need and leave the rest. Yes. Yes. Like the entry point. So like, again, there's so like books like yours, podcasts. You know, that's how I got started on this journey. All those stuff are low cost or free investments. You know, really it's a time and energy investment. And then, you know, from there you decide what else you need to get to the next level if you can't do it on your own. Okay, Melody, this was an amazing conversation. Please tell everyone where they can find more about you and where they can get the book. So you can find me at www.livebrokeonpurpose.com, which is actually the website. On social media, all my handles are at Broke On Purpose. And if you'd like to purchase the book, you can easily find it on amazon.com. If you buy it, make sure you sprinkle some stars and leave a nice review. You can also purchase the book on my website as well as a couple of other different types of eBooks and courses that I have available. Amazing. I will link all that in the show notes. So thank you again, Melody. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Melody Wright. Don't forget, you can pick up her book, Start Here, Your Guide to Building Your Money Management System. Follow her screenshot. Show us if you enjoyed this episode, your biggest takeaways at me. I'm at Journey to Launch. You can at Melody. She's broke on purpose on Instagram. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me in the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, 
your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here, so show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast, with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.